when a driver lost control, slammed into a guardrail, and plowed into a crowd of spectators. Three of them are in critical condition. S&P futures are down two. Dow futures off 55. This is CBS News. CBS News Radio is your home for breaking news. With our team of reporters around the country and the world, we give you the coverage you can trust. Hey, we get it. You don't want to be hearing a progressive commercial right now, so let us tell you something you do want to hear. No one is funnier than you. People laugh just thinking about the things you've said. I'm laughing at one of them right now. Coworkers repeat your jokes at the office, but they're never as good as when you tell them, and shame on them for trying. There. Don't you feel better? You'll also feel better knowing you could save when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. <laughs> Although I'm sure you'd have a funnier way to say that. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. At CDW, we get the people who need to sign here aren't always here. Tell me about it. I'm always chasing down signatures. I go through pens and shoes like chewing gum. Sounds like you need Adobe Sign orchestrated by CDW to securely automate e-signatures and workflows across devices from anywhere. Integrating with existing tools, Sign can save your organization time, money, and miles. Thank goodness I can finally take these shoes off. No, no, no. Back on, back on. IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash adobe sign. A fancy car maker is now in the clothing business. Swapping the road for the catwalk, Italian luxury car maker Ferrari launched its first clothing line for men, women and children, including accessories, inside its Maranello headquarters in northern Italy last night. Many of the designs have a futuristic motorsport look, with Ferrari's name and prancing horse logo emblazoned on items. The aim is to attract not only loyal racing fans, but a wider audience and a younger generation. Sabina Castle-Franco, CBS News, Rome. At New York's Westminster Dog Show. And tonight's best in show to the Pekingese. Whoa, David Fitzpatrick. Wasabi. Wasabi takes it. Wasabi is the best in show winner. Three-year-old, 13-and-a-half-pound Pekingese from Pennsylvania, the great-grandson of 2012's best in show. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. It's all about the nose. It's your air filter, the first line of defense against bacteria and viruses. If too many germs get stuck in your nose, guess what? You get sick. That's why it's so important to keep your nose clean, just like washing your hands. Nasal irrigation gets rid of germs by rinsing the nasal cavity, but neti pots are hard to use and, frankly, kind of gross. Now there's a better way to keep your nose clean and help your body protect itself. It's called Navage Nasal Care. Navage uses powered suction to flush out allergens, mucus, bacteria, and viruses. Millions use Navage for fast, all-natural relief from sinus congestion and allergies and to breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and feel healthier without drugs. Navage is easy to use, affordable, and comes with an absolute guarantee of satisfaction. You wash your hands and brush your teeth every day. Now it's time to start cleaning your nose with Navage. At Navage.com, CVS, Walgreens, Bed Bath, Target, and Rite Aid. Navage. N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean nose, healthy life. Today is Jenny's first day at her new office. Her coffee is strong. Her hair is done. And as she checks her phone for traffic updates, 20 minute delay. Yikes. she realizes she made the right move by building a brand new office right in her own home. Wow. Morning commute wasn't too bad. Made record time. Ohio University Credit Union can increase your space and your sanity. With our low-rate home equity loans, you can build the home office you've been dreaming of by using your hard-earned equity. 
You can also consolidate debt, take a vacation, or make some much-needed home improvements. Plus, with our new appraisal fee offer, you'll save even more. But you better hurry. This promotion ends June 30th. Visit OUCU.org equity and start applying today. That's OUCU.org equity. Equal housing opportunity. Loan subject to credit approval. Federally insured by NCUA. NMLS number 433809. Since 1972, Danneman Electric has been providing professional solutions at fair prices. Whether it is dedicating a line for your computer, running all new electric lines, installing new lighting, air services, ductwork for distributing the best heating and cooling throughout your home, or complete HVAC system installations for the home or office, Danneman Electric can hook you up. Consider a backup generator for those untimely Southeast Ohio power outages. Call Dan Inman Electric, 740-593-8813. That's Dan Inman Electric, 740-593-8813. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. You good? Anything you want to talk about? Here if you need me. Just want to check in. Appreciate you. Everyone feels less than okay sometimes. They may not want your advice, but they may welcome your ear. Be present is a simple but powerful way to be there for others, especially now when many are separated. Help teens and young adults find their power, conquer the difficult times, and get to a better tomorrow. Be present, Ohio. Sponsored by the Ohio Suicide Prevention Foundation and aired in cooperation with the OAB and this station. Welcome to Sweet Tea USA, where we know our sweet tea and we like it sweet. Sweet in the morning to get you through the day. Sweet in the evening to put a smile on your face. And McDonald's knows sweet tea, too. That's why you can get any size sweet tea for just a dollar. Plus, with insulated large cups, your drink stays cold longer. Here in Sweet Tea USA, everything is a little sweeter. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal as compared to prior large cup. Hi, this is Martina McBride. When I'm on stage performing, it takes a team of talented people from all walks of life to make the show a success. I couldn't do it without everyone's help. When we embrace diverse backgrounds and work together as one, there's no challenge or problem too big to overcome. Our strength lies in our diversity. This public service message has been brought to you courtesy of the United States Air Force. I-N-E-P-T, Tech. Two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? Oysters, oysters, raw, raw, raw. Coach Turf, your NF Tech football team played an opponent this week that you didn't really have much time to prepare for. That's right. You know, we was playing the folks over to East Springfield Polytechnic. They wasn't even on the schedule when we was making up the schedule prior to the season even starting. We thought that we was going to be playing a real prestigious uh, opponent this week, the Georgia Institute of Football, TGIF, but those boys didn't feel like they wanted to come and play us, and we got real lucky when uh, e- East Springfield Polytechnic, the boys over to ESP, called up and said they figured that we was going to play a ball game this week, and they wanted to play us. It certainly was a coincidence when they called looking for a ball game. Well, just- not only that, it was real amazing, because uh, just prior to that, the folks over to TGIF called said they wasn't coming, and Coach uh, uh, Benzinger, Brains Benzinger, over to ESP called and says, Coach, Coach, I know that you're looking for a ball game this week, and I wanted to come over and play, y'all. And I'm just wondering, Coach, what kind of game was it? 
It was a fine ball game. You know, I am real pleased with the way the Oysters acquitted themselves up on, on the football field. You know, they did play a real fine ball game on offense. And, of course, now I am real pleased about the way they played on defense. They gave a real fine effort. And, of course, all the boys that played on special teams, they gave a real fine effort as well. And, of course, the Oysters did play a fine ball game. And I do want to point out that everybody over to ESP gave a real fine effort as well. They played a fine ball game. So what all the fans, what came over to the ball game, over to the half-shell stadium scene, when everything was all over, said and done with, was a fine ball game. Well, Coach, can we report that the Oysters picked up their first win of the season? Well, you could report that if you wanted, but uh, you'd be in a gross error. You know, uh, I'm, I'm real ashamed of, of, of the way the score turned out. But I do want to point out to all the fans that the score is not indicative of the way that we played because we played a whole lot better than the score would indicate. What was that score, Coach? Well, we got beat 46 and zip. And I'll be back with Coach Turf right after this message. And the Coach Hart Turf Show brought to you by Snowball. Toilet cleaner. Yeah. Well, Coach Turf, a 46 to nothing loss. I know it was a difficult uh, chore getting ready for a team that you only knew one day in advance you were going to be playing. Well, that's right. You know, it wasn't real easy to get ready for a, a ball game which you only knew a day ahead of time you was going to be playing. But, you know, that's one of the things that makes football a great game it is. You know, that's one of the things you've got to expect when you get into this great business of coaching football. You know, uh, preparing for ball games and, and relating to the unexpected just goes along with fumbles and interceptions. You've got to expect that, that life ain't going to be no uh, uh, smooth road. It's going to have a few bumps and potholes, and uh, I believe we found all of them this week. How would you compare the ESP team to some of the better teams in the six-pack conference? Well, I'm glad you asked me that question because, you know, uh, uh, what, what Coach uh, uh, Benzinger come up to me and said after the ball game was, he says, Coach, you know, you got a real fine ball club, and, and I know you got some real fine ball clubs in your conference, and I, we was wondering if maybe we could come into the conference next year. And what did you tell him, Coach? Well, who ever heard of a seven-pack? Be listening again, sports fans, for the next thrill-packed interview with the head coach of the Fighting Oysters of Inept Tech, the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach Art Turf. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH Ah, good morning. There we go. I got it on now. Beautiful sunshine out there. We had some fog that lifted pretty quickly with the sun coming out. That was earlier. And not a bad weekend just completed. Lots of gardening, lots of yard work. Things standing tall at my home. It's the party line on 970 and 97.1 AM and FM. Good morning. Scott's here too. Good morning. Good morning. And um, mercy, what a weekend. Busy, busy, busy. Um, let's see here. Let's get started. Today a free-for-all edition. Today is National Flag Day. 
Um, I have had a long practice of always having my flag on display. And by my flag, I mean our nation's flag. Um, we also have, you know, the bobcat flag out and other things, too. And, um, but, um, our nation's flag has always been important to me. Really, I can say that. It's always been important to me. So we proudly display it. Year-round. So, National Flag Day. Let's see, it's International Bath Day. Now, why do we need such a thing? <laughs> I mean, well, do, I, do I, I bathe I daily? Know. I mean, I don't know if this is terrible to say or not, but no. But I, I bathe a lot, right? And it's generally a shower. Um, we have a tub upstairs, but in the master bedroom, we have twin showers. Um. Then, then, you know, we have a hot tub, right? And we love doing that. Um, you know, just before you go to bed, something like that. International Bath Day. Dig into that. Let's see why, okay. why they thought, thought they had to do that. Maybe uh, it's a reminder of personal hygiene. Well, you know, to... Not be offensive each day. Um, yeah, I don't. <laughs> what, did you find something? Yeah, it is. Uh-oh. I'm just laughing at what I said. Just a reminder. International Bath Day. Celebrated annually on June 14th. It is believed that on this day, Archimedes, I don't know if I'm saying that right, the mathematician and scientist discovered that the level of the water in his bathtub, rose as he got in. Well, duh. And therefore, the volume of an object could be accurately measured by being submerged in water. <laughs> that has nothing to do with it. I mean, I, I no, I get what he's doing, but for that to cause it to have International Bath Day? Yep. <laughs> That's nuts. Let's see. What else? Let's see. All, and they go on to say here about this. In his excitement, it is said that Archimedes leapt out of the bathtub, ran naked through the streets of Syracuse in, in Greece, yelling, Eureka! Eureka! <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Maybe that was the. I'm 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 now sorry I asked. Maybe that was that was the innovation of streaking. Yeah. In in uh, terms street, of the street streaking. Yeah, sixties and seventies, I guess it was, when that was popular. Mercy. Okay, let's see here. What <laughs> else do we have? Army birthday. Yes. So, I'm gonna just assume. That the birth of what we call today the United States Army was on this date of the 14th. Is that right? That is correct. And then what year? It 1775 okay. was the first year that the uh, Continental Congress authorized enlistment of expert riflemen to serve the United Colonies for one year 
for uh, this day, June 14th, mm -hmm. the birth of the U.S. Army. Happy birthday, Army. Yes, indeed. All right, National Strawberry Shortcake Day. We don't need much more on that. That's just terrific, period. National Pop Goes the Weasel Day. Let's see, there was that toy and you had that little uh, crank, right? Yep. And then when you hit the pop goes the weasel, the lid would flip open and this springy weasel weasel would <laughs> jump out the top, right? Yeah. Okay, I got that one. Yep. National Bourbon Day. No problem with that. And finally, National New Mexico Day. Have you, have you visited that state? I have not. I've flown over it a few times, but never landed there. Well, I'm kind of high on New Mexico. I think it's a great state. And we have listeners there, a pocket of them. Yep. Right? Las Cruces, New Mexico. Yeah. Go figure. Yeah, how about that? Hey, you know, did, do you have any more national days? No. Okay. You know, in the in the children's rhyme, Pop Goes the Weasel, how the, the monkey chased the weasel, in uh, like the second verse, something like that. Here you go. The monkey chasing the weasel has been said to represent having to pawn one's coat. Weasel and stoat was Cockney slang for coat. Okay, then it goes on to say, after pawning one's coat... With the monkey representing the financial trouble, many people would pawn their coats on Monday and redeem it by Sunday to wear to church, pretending all was well. Thus, pop goes the weasel. The weasel, yeah. Wow. I did not know that. This kind of complicated. Yeah, it is. I think I prefer it just as a children's... Uh, Nursery rhyme. Yes, nursery yeah. rhyme. Yeah, I thought you were going to say, I, after that, I think I just prefer uh, Archimedes running through the street. <laughs> no, that doesn't appeal to Yelling me. Eureka, or maybe Strawberry Shortcake Day. That would be better. Yeah, that's better. All right, historical stuff. Um, in 1381, Richard II in England meets leaders <laughs> of the Peasants' Revolt. Uh, on Blackheath, the Tower of London is stormed by rebels who enter without resistance. In the year 1645, um, the Battle of Naselby, something like that, which is in uh, Leicestershire, the new model army under Oliver Cromwell and Thomas Fairfax, beat royalist forces of English King Charles I. 1645, that one was. 1821, Badi VII, that's B-A-D-I, Badi VII, King of Sinar. Okay, look up Sinar, please. Anyway, surrenders his throne and realm to Ismail Pasha, general of the Ottoman Empire, 
bringing the 300-year-old Sudanese kingdom to an end. So, Sudan, right? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> the more I read, the more I realized specifically what they were talking about. So, sorry I made you look it up. That's all right. 1940, Auschwitz concentration camp opens in Nazi-controlled Poland. With Polish POWs, approximately 3 million. Now, get this, this stat now. Approximately 3 million would simply die within its walls. Not to mention how many were there, but later released. 1941, Estonia loses 11,000 inhabitants as a consequence of a mass deportation. And not just one, but many deportations into Siberia. Remember the Falkland Islands deal? 1982, Argentina surrenders to Great Britain, ending a 74-day Falklands Island conflict. Okay. Let's see. Bir- famous birthdays. Okay. Here's someone I don't know, I don't think. And yet they say famous. Shay Guevara. This is a man. Born on this date in 1928, died in 1967. Kind of a stud-looking guy. Now, who was he? Give me a spelling. G-U-E-V-A-R-A. First name, Shea, C-H-E. Former Minister of uh, Industries of Cuba. Cuba. Yeah. Okay. He was a Marxist revolutionary physician, author, guerrilla leader, diplomat, and military theorist. Major figure in the Cuban Revolution. Okay, I have a certain... What do you call it? Appeal? Interest? Um, I really would like to visit Cuba. Um, I think it's a, a kind of a cool place, even though of the various troubles over the years. Yeah, you could actually get you an authentic Cuban cigar while you were there, too. And I do like cigars. And, you know, I've seen footage of Cuban life. Even today, they still drive vehicles that are in pristine shape from like the 1950s, yes, yes, and 60s because you know there's no winters there, obviously. I think that'd be fun. Warmer weather, yeah, kind of go back in time with the vision of some of those things. Okay, here's one I can be embarrassed about that I don't know. Um, I can't. Okay, Harriet Beecher Stowe. S-T-O-W-E, of course. Born in 1811, died in 1896. She was a writer. She uh, was an American author, an abolitionist. She came from a Beecher family, a famous religious family, and became best known for her novel, Uncle Tom's Cabin. Hmm. Well, I certainly am familiar with some of the items she wrote. But uh, I just didn't have that name firmly in my head. 
if I'm not mistaken, I think there's a, a museum or something of the sort in Cincinnati. Okay. Donald Trump, former president, celebrating his 75th birthday today. And another person, Steffi Graf. She's celebrating her 52nd birthday. Oh, my. She was a great tennis player. Yeah. Nice-looking gal in this picture here. Yep. Okay, two famous deaths to mention. Benedict Arnold, he was such a good guy. (laughs) Yeah. he was born in 1741, but died on this date in 1801. So he made it to uh, 60 years of age. He was a military officer. If, uh, for those of you listening in that are saying, I know that name. I hear it every now and then. He served during the Revolutionary War as an American military officer. Um He fought for the American Continental Army, rising to the rank of Major General before defecting to the British side of the conflict in 1780. You Benedict Arnold, you. Yeah. yeah. Okay, this one uh, is not ringing any bell for me, and I'll probably be embarrassed here in a moment. John Logie or Logie Baird, B-A-I-R-D. He was um, born in 1888, but died on this date in 1946. John Logie Baird was a Scottish inventor, electrical engineer, and innovator who demonstrated his working television system on January 26th, 1926. Well, see, I should be embarrassed. He went on to invent the first publicly demonstrated color television system and the first viable purely electronic color television picture tube. Here I'm in broadcasting, have worked in television, didn't know that. Embarrassing. Well, now you know. Let's see, what else did he invent, if there's anything on here? TV, color television, TV set. I guess that's it. TV sets, color TVs. Well, that's pretty important to us. Yeah. Can, um, can you imagine life now if we didn't have color TVs? Looking ahead, folks, let's see here. Uh, tomorrow, our guest is Kelly Nottingham. She is a key person with Ohio University. And it has a lot to do with health and um, I think um, medical entities working together um, which they really need to all be doing so um, that's tomorrow I think on Wednesday we have our um, County Commissioner F. Uh, Chris Schmiel joining us. Uh, we meant to do this a month ago. Something got fouled up, and we've tried and tried and tried, but finally it's going to happen tomorrow. So uh, we try to have the count- one of our county commissioners on monthly. But uh, he'll be on. Not, no, no, no. I said tomorrow. Tomorrow is Kelly Nottingham. Wednesday will be Chris Schmiel. 
looking ahead on Tuesday of next week, Don Goss will be, jo- Goss will be joining us. Uh, I think his title is that of Director of the Athens County Emergency Management Agency. Now, this coming Friday, they're going to have an exercise where a situation unfolds and the this is, um, what do I want to call it, a pretend thing. It's like a rehearsal for what if something like this happened. How would the county, the city, the, you know, our our region respond? Kind of like a fire drill, Well, so exactly, exactly. Exactly. And um, I, I won't tell you where it's happening. I may have already done that a week ago or so, but I, I don't think I should have said that. Because we don't want a whole bunch of onlookers, okay? I mean, it'll be kind of evident that morning. And some people will choose to follow him and see what's going on. But um, anyway, they're, they're prepared for that as well. So um, Don Gossel, a week from tomorrow, will tell us how this exercise went. What did they learn? What did they wish they had done better? What were they proud of having done? That sort of thing. <coughs> okay. And I think we've got some other things, but that's all I brought in to mention today. Should we do the um, COVID thing? It's been a few days, right? Yeah. We usually do the full gamut okay. of them on Friday, and then again on uh, Monday especially the world well, let's the United do States, see where they are and where they were. So all of this information is essentially from 2 o'clock yesterday afternoon. This is not a report that I have found anywhere. It's one I set up when this whole thing began. And um, I have to go to about five different internet sites to compile the information. Well, I guess it's four. Anyway, here we go. Shall we work our way from Athens up or from the world down? Uh, Let's go with Athens. Okay. Start local. Here in Athens, as of yesterday, um, we have now had 5,233 cases. There were two new ones yesterday. Now, I believe there are 209 people in the hospital um, recovering, being treated, taken care of, and so on. 5,233 cases, 209 require 
hospital in, I think there's, um, and some are recovering at their homes, okay? So far, our county has seen 60 deaths. That That number hasn't changed for a week or so, maybe two weeks now. And then it stood at 59 for quite a while. But 60 so far. We have uh, 5,153 people who have recovered. That So that's 98.5% of those that have caught it have recovered. Since it all began, and it began March 7th of 2020. Vaccines in our county, as of yesterday, 27,082 vaccines have been administered. So if you're doing the numbers, that's 41.45% of our county. I'm going to stop for a minute and just tell a little story, okay? Yep. Um, I met a new, not a new neighbor, uh, but I met... For the first time, a neighbor who had lived in our community four or five streets away. I guess, I I can't remember if it was Friday or Saturday. But uh, I started to walk out. We were conversing from, I was working on the flowers and she was standing out on the street. And finally I just stopped working on the flowers and started to walk out to her. And I said you're, you're fully vaccinated, right? She said, oh, no. Now, this was not an oldster, but it wasn't a youngster either. Um, hesitate to guess what age she might have been, probably in her mid-50s. And as I walked a little closer to her, not don't misunderstand that, but just to have a conversation, she backed up just a notch. So I very quickly became aware that we we were talking about different vehicles, and I had a little vehicle that she liked, and so she had some questions about it. But then we got into this, so you're not vaccinated. How come? I just don't believe in it. Um really a nice person but you know I wanted to to do what I could to convince her to do it based upon my very limited knowledge of it but I might have a little more knowledge than the average person just based upon how we cover it on this program um now, did you see there's a, a new vaccine Yeah, that is, um, is it being approved today? Uh, soon, if not today. Moderna, is it? <clears throat> Starts something like that. I thought it started with an N. Oh. Uh, Novonix, something like that? Well, no, I don't know. Okay, let but me But there's a new one. See. There's a new one. <clears throat> one of the neat things about it is it doesn't require this extreme um, refrigeration. Yeah, Novavax. N-O-V-A-V-A-X. Novavax, yes. Anyway, um, 
so um, that's a whole nother one to the mix and um, all the tests on it have been very favorable well anyway I had a nice conversation with her but it's it just surprises me that there still are people that You know, are, are they don't want to get the shot? I see where uh, Columbus City Council is voting whether or not to approve a hundred dollars. I think it is for people if they get vaccinated. Oh, an incentive. I think. Yeah, I saw that somewhere too. That could cost a lot of money. Well. But then again, it could save a lot of money in health expenses, health care. I, I mean, I dig Columbus, but I, I don't think they should be doing this. And I, what worries me is the, the reverse feeling. Now, if Columbus is going to do it and some other city isn't, isn't that another addition for somebody to say, I'm not going to take it until my community... Exactly. You know what I mean? Yep. Or, you know, the precedent it sets for the next yeah. issue that comes up, you know, to say, well, I'm not going to adhere to whatever the situation is until they start offering money for that. Much the same as what you said could happen in other cities. But then it could become issues after that, not just cities. Well, let's move on. We've done the Athens stats. Here we go. Ohio. Of course, we have um, about 11.7 million people living in our state. And it was March 1st of 20 that it began here. Um, just yesterday, 2,144 new cases, bringing the total thus far to 1,107,047 cases. Now, many of those have been cured out. In fact, we'll just tell you right now. Of 1,107,000, 1,076,000 have recovered. So 97.2% of those that have gotten it have recovered. But we have in the state of Ohio 51,600 let me start that over. We got 59,000 in the hospitals. 8,210 as of yesterday were in ICU wards. 51,666 were in non-ICU, just regular hospital settings. Thus far in the state of Ohio, we have had 20,091 deaths. That represents 1.8% of those that took ill, passed. Let's see, what one have I left down in here? I guess the vaccination rate. So... As of yesterday, 
451,581 people. So 5.5 million have been vaccinated. That's 46.64% of our state's population. Now, I do not understand a statistic, and really, I spent some time last night. This is on the national level. But I'm trying to sort through it, and maybe I'll discover something today. But in the meantime, I'm just going to give it as it is. Well, first of all, we have 331 million people in our nation. 331 million. The cases so far, as of 2 o'clock yesterday, were, had come to a total of 34th million. Uh, 321,037 cases. How many were how many were new yesterday? 5,164. Let me turn my phone off. I apologize. Let me repeat that. 5,164 were new cases yesterday. In the state of Ohio, 615,000 people, well, add 52 to that have died, 99 were new yesterday, new deaths. The number of active cases, 5,305,912. The number of recoveds, 28,400,073. Okay, Um, now here's the thing I don't understand. I'm hoping it's right, but I, I have a doubt. The number of vaccinations in our nation, they say, stands at 308,110,000. That's the equivalent of 93.1% of our nation's population. And I checked that through two different sources, and that held up. But I can't believe it. Why would our nation, which really means then other states, be so much farther ahead of Ohio, where we have only uh, 46.6% vaccinated. My guess on that is something that we briefly discussed on Friday after the show was that they could be combining those that are fully vaccinated, both doses, with those that have only started the vaccination process with one dose. Well, so I, as as I look here on another chart, as you were saying this, um, the United States total doses given three hundred nine million. Now they go on to say that's more than I'm showing. Yeah, people fully vaccinated 
is 144 million. So the percent of fully vaccinated is 43.8 percent. Hmm. So that that may be where you're getting that 90 plus percent yeah, 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 yeah. number with the addition together of those who have started with only one vaccine plus those that have been fully vaccinated that would get that close to that. Okay, I'll dig into this tonight based to upon your, what you did to see if I can verify that from my the, st- the charts I'm using. Yeah, as of as of uh, yesterday, at least one dose, 53%, fully vaccinated, 43.8%. So if you add those two together, you get roughly 96%. Okay. Let's do our final grouping, which is the world. Okay. Um, we got, let's see here, 7.8 billion people living in this globe um thus far worldwide there have been 176 million actually closer to 177 million cases right now and you see there were 292,000 new ones yesterday New deaths yesterday, 8,382. Worldwide so far, 38, 3 million, 3.8 million deaths. Active cases worldwide right now, 12,150,000. Recoveds, 160 million. And then finally, vaccines, which we already mentioned earlier, but 2.36 million, I'm sorry, billion, 2.36 billion, which is 30, almost uh, 30 and a quarter percent. We'll put it like that. Well, that took longer than I expected, but it was worth it. Yeah, well, we had to do kind of a sidebar and dig into the percentages of their vaccinations. Okay. Let's see. We need something more lighthearted. So I brought in a report this morning from, um, oh, you know, that outfit I like, Wallet, Wallet Hub, I think it's called. Yes. Uh, this is entitled The Most Fun Cities in America. No, 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 no. This is the most fun states in America. Well, of course, what's the definition of fun? I mean, that can be different between uh, Scott and me and anybody else in this building. Yeah. Um, And hopefully the place in which we live caters to our personal ideas of entertainment. That's not always the case, though, which may drive people to do uh, to live somewhere new eventually. There are certain states where fun is not just an option, but also a way of life. These states, these states offer such a variety of activities that everyone will be able to find something that excites them. While Americans were limited in their recreational or recreation opportunities during the COVID-19 pandemic, 
The distribution of the vaccine has helped the leisure and hospitality sectors start to recover. And there are plenty of options now. So, with pure enjoyment in mind, WalletHub compared the 50 states across 23 key indicators of a jolly good time that won't break the bank. These indicators, just to mention a few, they range from, well, like movie costs to accessibility of national parks to casinos per capita and so on. Okay, so here we go. Fun cities in the... Oh, no, fun states. Fun states. Okay. Let me make sure I got this right. Okay. So, no big deal here. Take a guess. Um, Florida. You think Florida be number one? Yeah, I was just thinking of Disney World, I Mm -hmm. guess. Well, it is, uh, you're really close. It made number two. But California made number one. Now, you want to guess a little further, like third and fourth? Oh, my. Um, I mean, now think about this. This is not, this isn't. Nevada? Yes. You're on it. Vegas? Uh, Well, that's not a a state. Well, I mean, because of Vegas. Well, really? Lots of parts of Nevada are cool. Yeah, well, that was just a starter. So Nevada makes three. New York State makes four. Illinois makes five. Colorado, six. Washington State, seventh. Texas, eighth. Minnesota, ninth. Tenth is Pennsylvania. Oregon, eleventh. Louisiana, twelfth. And O-H-I-O makes thirteenth. I like that. That's not bad. <laughs> now, to our good friends in West Virginia, we apologize. Who comes in 50th? Fifty states. They're ranking them in terms of most fun. Yep, it's West Virginia. I like West Virginia, so I, I, I feel badly for them. Okay, uh, another state I really like, Kentucky, came in 42nd. A state I really like, Vermont, 45th. Delaware I like, 48th. So some of these states that I also enjoy are coming in pretty low on the list. Now, where do you think Wyoming came in? Wyoming? Yeah. 46. 34th. 34th. And I tell you what, if you like to hunt, if you like to hike, if you like to explore, and you like beauty of the the, uh, scenic beauty... Wyoming is cool. And if you want to pretend you're a cowboy, it's the place to go. Oh, well. Hawaii came in 20th. I think that's remarkable. 
I would have expected it to be higher. Ohio is 13th. Hawaii comes in 20th. <laughs> okay. Let's see here. So, um, okay, let, we, we can break it down a little bit more. So, you have two, we have two divisions. One is entertainment and recreation. And the other is nightlife. So, Ohio comes in 17th with entertainment and recreation. And 10th in view of nightlife. So, overall, it comes in 13th. What's another favorite state of yours? We'll do one of these. Uh, South Carolina. Okay, let me get to it. Here it is. It comes in overall. Oh, I see what happened. I, I had a page overlapping, and it was blocking a column. South Carolina comes in 22nd overall. Not bad. It comes in 21st in terms of entertainment and recreation. And um, 32nd in terms of nightlife. Here's one I can't believe. Wisconsin comes in second in nightlife. (laughs) What did they possibly find up there that I don't know about? Okay, Nevada's number one for nightlife. Yeah. Duh. New York, fourth. Illinois, third. But Wisconsin, second? That must be some cheesy good times there. Where I'm trying to think, where might the excitement be? I mean, you know... Just, I'm trying to think of something like, for instance, what, Chicago and Illinois. They've got the Navy Pier and all kinds of different things to do in the Chicago area. But I can't think of anything other than Madison. Must be some fun happening things there. I know when the Badgers play football on a Saturday night, that place is crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, let's turn our attention to the news. I'm working from the New York Times this morning. Um, Number one, cases are no longer falling. Of course, we're talking about uh, COVID. The news about COVID-19 has been mostly positive in the U.S. over recent months. The vaccines continue to work well against every variant, and the number of Americans who have gotten a shot continues to rise. But The U.S. still faces two problems. First, the pace of vaccinations has slowed. And a substantial share of Americans, close to one-third, remains hesitant about getting the shot. These unvaccinated Americans will will remain vulnerable to COVID outbreaks and to serious symptoms or even death. Second, the Delta variant, which appears to be both more contagious and more severe than earlier versions of the virus, is spreading rapidly within the U.S. after having first been identified in India. It now accounts for about 10% of the cases. Um, 
Together, these two forces help explain why new cases have stopped falling. Now there's a concern. Could they actually start to rise again? And this new Delta variant has them worried about that. Kavita Patel is a doctor over at Brookings, and he says, we are vulnerable. Um, so, well, we have about, uh, I don't know, 45 seconds or so remaining in today's show. Once again, Kelly Nottingham will be our guest tomorrow. We're going to learn about uh, various uh, medical associations here locally that have been formed to, to help people in many ways. She's with Ohio University, and it's one of these great guests that uh, my buddy Roxanne Melee-Brunet, well, I found that all up, even though she's a very close friend. Uh, she uh, helps me identify some really great shows. Um, you okay back there? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's do it one more time. O-H-I-O. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N-S. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. President Biden is meeting with NATO leaders in Brussels right now after declaring an attack on one member is an attack on all. Buoyed by the positive atmosphere of the G7 summit over the weekend, President Biden continued his efforts to convince U.S. allies that transatlantic ties have turned a corner with his administration. I just want all of Europe to know that the United States is there. United States is there. The president says he reminds Americans the only time NATO has activated its collective defense mechanism was to help defend the U.S. after 9-11. Terry Schultz for CBS News at NATO headquarters in Brussels. President Biden is expected to bring up recent hack attacks when he meets with Russia's Vladimir Putin in Geneva Wednesday. Putin tells NBC... Not once, not once, not one time did they bother to produce any kind of evidence or proof. Just unfounded accusations. Both the Colonial Pipeline hack and a cyber attack on meat supplier JBS were traced to cyber criminals with ties to Russia. There are growing suspicions of possible Russian ties to mysterious debilitating attacks on U.S. personnel first reported in Cuba. Correspondent Catherine Herridge spoke to former CIA officer Mark Polymeropoulos, who says he was among 130 suspected cases of Havana syndrome. Pressure in the head. Yes. Loss of balance. Yes. Ringing in the ears. Yes. I mean, I've had a headache for three years. It feels like a vice clamp down here, and then there's pressure that comes over the top of my head. CBS News has learned the suspected cases are spread across at least six countries. A federal judge in Texas has dismissed a lawsuit brought by employees at Houston Methodist Hospital who insist vaccine requirements for workers are experimental and dangerous. This nurse, Jennifer Bridges, was fired after she refused shots. We're okay with this decision. We are appealing, and this will be 
be taken all the way to the Supreme Court. This is far from over. This is literally only the beginning. How are you feeling about work these days? Correspondent Jim Crisula has results of a CBS News survey. The poll finds Americans mostly upbeat about job prospects, and many want to continue working from home. There are widespread economic worries, though. Eight in ten people feel businesses can reopen safely. One recent study at an Asian tech company found remote workers put in longer hours but are less efficient. It's not just masses of dead bugs on the beaches. People in Maine are also dealing with an infestation of poisonous caterpillars. Brown tail moths have tiny hairs that can cause skin rashes and breathing issues. The Department of Agriculture says they're turning up all over the state. The Dow is down 113 points.